Hey, how's it going? This is Billy. And I'm Jen. And you are listening to Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Cheers. Cheers, oh, babe. Cheers. cheers. Double Triple cheers. Cheers around the world. Cheers in all cheers around the world. Hey, man, I'm feeling, I hope that you had a, a relaxing long weekend. Why did the dog just jump off the chair and come over to me? Literally. Because you cheers. He was seeing, he was seeing your um, happy, s- happiness. Oh, God, go away, dog. Okay, welcome to Cough Talk Studios. We have a dog in here who is not the smartest. We had this conversation before turning on the mics. Jen, you think Capone's cute. You say that you love him, which I don't know how you can love an inanimate object. He's not <laughs> he is kind of inanimate. He's, he's so not intelligent that he's almost an inanimate object. And yet, you cannot, you cannot argue with me that the dog is not intelligent. You can't argue that with me. He's not intelligent. He's not human intelligent, but okay. he's dog intelligent. He, he's low on the dog intelligence spectrum. Not all the time. There is okay. Well, moments. you know, I, there's a moment of honesty here, and yeah. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I think we give Capone credit for when he's like just regular dog smart. It's regular dog smart. It's not like brilliant dog smart, like golden retrievers and labradors. They have brilliant dog smarts. We give Capone credit when he's just like we say sit, and he does it every now and then, not all the time. And you're like, oh my gosh, he's regular dog smart. So, anyways, how do we? Well, this, can, can we ban the dog from the studio? He's such no. a distraction to me right now. That's on you, babe. That's on you. Mm. Well, what are we going to talk about then? <laughs> take it away. You wanted to talk about the dog. You well, take it had, away, We man. had a fabulous memorial uh, day yesterday with the family. Hope everyone did. You're probably listening. Uh, it's been a few days since then, but hopefully you had a... You know, you know what, you it hasn't love. been a few days. It was yesterday. This is what happens when you take over the show. Tuesday. It was uh, yesterday. But it's coming out. Yeah, Tuesday. Oh, yeah, Tuesday. Um, you know, being on Tuesday and Wednesday during the week always feels like oh, it's like a day uh, behind. Like I always feel so confused when it's Friday. I'm like, oh my god, it's almost Friday because it just throws my whole week off. That's the beauty of having a Monday off. It makes the week go really fast. Yeah, we're Tuesday right now. You'll be I, listening to this on Wednesday or afterwards, but it comes out on Wednesday. Bless you, little Ren. Um, yeah, we had fun. Whole family came over to the ranch yesterday. We grilled out. I finally did it right. Um, my sisters bring appetizers, and typically what we do is they bring appetizers, and I grill simultaneously. So we're we are inundated as a family with an enormous quantity of food. Last last yesterday, for maybe the first time in the holidays, I didn't start grilling until everyone got there because I was just kind of in chill mode. And so when they got there and they started setting up appetizers, I was like. We started eating those appetizers. And I was like, why am I going to grill? Because like we have all this food. So everyone's like, yeah. So we just crushed appetizers. And two hours later, I fired up the grills. And it was a perfect scenario. Timing was perfect. Yeah, we did. I grilled burgers. I grilled steak. Delicious. Two kinds of steak. One was just your basic salt and pepper butter steak. And the other one was a chimichurri steak. Chimichurri. And then I grilled chicken. Jen, you sauteed up shrimps. Shrimps. And made shrimp tacos. Delicious. Dude, Vic always comes in clutch with what we like to call the Mexican corn. Mm-hmm. It's simply corn, jalapenos, cream cheese, and butter. Dear Lord, it's amazing. <laughs> Anything with butter and cream cheese is going to be delicious. Yeah, you're pretty much like, winning. You're just- Christiana brought the best vegetable spread, dip spread. which here's why it's the best. First of all, her, her homemade dip is amazing. And she brings the best vegetables, like the peppers and the cucumbers and all that. But... She doesn't just stop there because I, I'm not going towards a vegetable tray, but she loads it up with crackers and like these awesome kind of like, what were they, pita chip things. So that's what gets you in. And then you do eat some of the vegetables, but oh. And then she brought the largest tray of homemade cookies I have ever 
birthing. I don't understand. We're all trying to be healthy, and she keeps bringing all no, the stuff. Are we? Today. Are we? Today. Who's? Are we trying to be healthy? <laughs> Jen, you're perpetually us. trying to be healthy. I am. Yeah, you don't like any sweets. On a holiday is when you're like, hey, it's true. Throw health out but the I'm window like, today. I'm, I'm like, hey, can you take them home? She's like, no. I'm like, don't bring them and not take them. It home. was a vegetable tray. Did you throw away <laughs> all the crackers last night? No. It was the equivalent of two boxes of crackers, and you chucked them all in the trash. I, I watched you do it with my own two eyes. I did not. You're lying. I might have done some of them. You know how many people could eat those crackers? No, I think I asked your permission if I could. Well, I gave it to you, but that doesn't make it right. That does not make it right. I go, do you want to eat these? And you go, I probably shouldn't. That's actually my permission. Do you want to eat these? There's no right answer to that question. Like, oh, yeah, I want to gorge myself on them all night. I'm like, you know what? I actually said, do you want to keep these? I actually asked your permission. You're welcome. I said, should we give them to someone who'll eat them? And you're like, no one should eat these. And so we threw all of them away. I know. Um, little Solara, our, our niece, oh, this is the made a cookie cake all by herself. Delicious. Massive cookie cake. And she decorated it like the American flag. Yep. It was white, like Cool Whip and blueberries and strawberries. And was- honestly, I'm not kidding when I say it was delicious. It was delicious. How old is Solara, Vic? Ten. She's 10. And I mean, she crushed this cookie cake. She's a professional, cake. professional baker. Already. Crushed like, it. This girl's got something going on. Vin rolled in with the Martinellis. Appreciate that. That was his contribution. I don't know. Did the boys and little Ren, did they add to it? I think they're still just like... My presence. Yeah. Serenity <laughs> Grace. You're welcome. Serenity Grace us with her presence, which we're grateful. Yeah, but he didn't need to. He did ask. What do you need me to get? We're like, we don't need yeah. anything. Everything's good. So it was a great day. Then we played poker. We sat out by the outside. The sun came out. Finally... Can we talk about Seattle's absence Weather? of spring? I don't know where you're listening to this from, but in Seattle, we skipped spring. Yeah. It has not shown up. It was uh, two days ago, it was in the 40s and 50s and pouring rain. Yeah. We had to cancel. 116 Church had a barbecue by the lake scheduled for the last day of May, essentially, yesterday or Sunday. We had to cancel it. It was pour, it poured rain all day, all day, all day. All day, 50 degrees, all day raining. Okay, our son Judah sent the family text. He sent a a fact, not a thought, a fact. The last time it was this rainy in May was 1948 in Seattle. It has been over 60 years, and this is the worst May on record since 1948. It's it's unheard of. I believe it. I believe it. It has been rough. We already have. If you live in Seattle, there's so much good about this place. The summers, for the most part, I don't know what's happening this summer, but for the most part, they are gorgeous. Fall. fall and winter are kind of beautiful. But from January, February, March, April, from, from January to April, we all know, if you live in Seattle, those are the dark months. That's when you go to your dark place. That's when you try and no. fight off. You fight off the depression and discouragement. No. That's when melatonin is is very absent. Vitamin and we need D. the sun. I mean, it it actually for some people it is a medical condition. January, February, March, and April. It's a medical condition in Seattle. But mid April, start of May. Oh God, it gets good. April showers bring May flowers. But this May, it never happened. <laughs> it's true. April showers. I wonder if they did a study in Seattle right now. I bet you like discouragement, like low key depression is on an all time high right now. I bet you it is in Seattle because like we, it's been, you, we were already, we needed May and May disappointed. And now tomorrow will be the first day of June. You're listening to this on the first day of June. And I pray to God, you know what the forecast says? What's it say, Vic? Dude, thunderstorms tomorrow. What? (laughs) I don't what? It doesn't even skies. thunderstorm in Seattle, but tomorrow 
First day of June. Well, it's because the hot and cold are colliding, and that it's kind of good news because it will get sunny. <laughs> Let's just be positive. Did you just become a weather person? No. I know does. you're a doctor. I know you're a medical doctor. Did, you just became a the hot fun and cold are colliding. Do you want to know a fun fact? I would love I studied to. weather really. I wanted to be a weather like. Um, when you were twelve? Yeah. It was a thing for me. I, was I never like, knew that about I you. I wanted to be that girl and did the whole weather thing. You did? Yes. What? On television. You wanted to stand and be like, so we got a my cold whole, front like, coming in from the West. My my, my middle school projects were always weather, anything, <laughs> weather, like weather, weather, weather. So you want to be like, not one big biggie, but two big biggies. <laughs> <laughs> I would be great up there, you know? Just Don that, Lasso, that is that her name, screen. the Saturday Night Live character? Don Lasso bringing us that, hey, we got one, not one big biggie, but two big biggies. Speaking of the, Night Live. the great, uh, did you, what, what? What show did you just say? Did you just lose the time? Yeah. No. With Lasso. What's his name? Lasso? Yes, Ted Lasso. That was the great, greatest show, by the way. We talked about that about 17 episodes ago. I know. Well, we got you want to go back to it? I want to go back to it because you brought it up. Like, I, We need that to come back. I was talking about Don Lasso. I know, but it made me think of the TV show. Are they related? Or? I don't know. I'm probably getting that name wrong, too. It's just the weather girl on Saturday Night Live. She's like, not one big biggie, but two big biggies. <laughs> oh, it is Oh, I, okay. Well, you know, I like thunderstorms. Thunderstorms, they come in, they go out, come in, go out. They just wow. stick around. Okay. Am I low key encouraged and frustrated by your perpetual positivity right now? Yes. And you said even winter months here are really great. No, winter months in Seattle are no good. Jen, I'm talking, I was, I mean, when I was saying that, I correct, I meant like October, November, you December. You mean Christmas time. Holidays. Yes. I yeah. Agree. When January hits, we all want to die. Uh, yeah, but there's real. something beautiful about the rain. If you can, you know, it's cozy, light a candle. In October, November. This is my theory. You want to know my theory about Seattle? Why Seattle has so many millionaires? Mm. One of the one of the wealthiest places I think in the world. I, I think, think it's, like it's the top it's definitely five. A, it's in the top ten. It's something has to like be. that. I, I truly believe because there's so many gray, rainy days, people just hibernate and work the heck out of their I don't life. know if that's like, healthy for our souls. Though. I know, but they just work, 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 work. And like, they just, what else are you going to do? It's right. Well, Ren, are you leaving? They're, they're just going to work, work, work. So I think, I think there is something to that. They're kind of like, and then spring and summer usually hits and everybody's out. Everyone's that is a phenomenon. Out. If you come to Seattle and visit, in the summer, we can't say spring anymore. They don't because work we, during the summer. We lost people spring. Don't work. Well, we work, but man, when that sun comes out, people leave. People are everywhere, and they should be. They really should everywhere. Be. Yeah. Stores abandoned. Parks, lakesides packed. Packed, packed. Capone, we are in. We are in the middle of recording. Do not bark. Okay. So, darling, what are we getting into? Should we today? jump into today's topic of discussion? Mm, yes, my love. I was thinking to myself. Were you um, now? I had a thought. As I was reminiscing over the week, um, there is an unnecessary weight to regret and worry. Mm. And then there is also a necessary weight. Okay, go with me for just a second. I'd like to take the next 20 minutes of the podcast to convince us of the unnecessary weight of regret and worry. Not the necessary weight, because I, I think like people like, you know, eliminate regret and eliminate worry. And I, I've probably said that before multiple times, right? But what I am saying is I think there is some good and essential need to regret and worry. I, so hear me out. I think there is some of it is a kind of is necessary. It's needed. But there is an enormous unnecessary weight of regret and worry that we carry. And so I'd like to kind of break that down over the next, you know, be super practical, helpful. I love that. Um, and then also, okay, so let me let me kind of break it down. Regret to me is turmoil over what was. 
Worry is fear of what might be. Okay, those aren't dictionary definitions, but my definition right now are better than the dictionary definition. Regret. <laughs> I, I, I'm yeah. here for that. Okay, agree. you agree with me? I agree. Regret. Turmoil over what was. Worry. Fear of what might be. Should we just call it? Let's call it. <laughs> just drop the mic. <laughs> okay. I think there's a necessary element of regret that we have to deal with, confront, and then be done with. And I think there, when it comes to worry, I'm going to say this. there, There's not a necessary element of worry. I feel like worry is absolutely unnecessary. But there is a space for worry. There's a space for worry. So I, I'm not a fan you of worry. You almost could rename it. Yeah, yeah. There's a space for worry. Like, okay, we're going to worry in life. So there's a space we should put it in. And I want to talk about that. I don't think it's necessary. I think you could go through life without worrying. If you could eliminate worry altogether, the fear of what might be. Oh, your life actually, would just be Oh, my God. Level. But I don't know that it's possible. And I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't think that I could go through life without worrying. But I, there's a space that we need to put worry in. Put it in its space and eliminate from all the other spaces, okay? That, that's what I'm saying. That's kind of the premise. Any thoughts before I jump into what I'm thinking, boo? No, this is going to be some good I stuff. feel like this is going to be very you're practical, ready, ready, very ready, helpful. Ready, it's going to help us right now. You're ready, you're ready. Let me ready. start with a little anecdote I okay. like to recall. When Antidote. you were a child, when I met you and we started to date, you were 15, 16. Let's, I was not a child. Well, you were 16 when we started dating, and I married you at I was, 17. You met when you were 13. True that. Hey, interesting a fact. child. Interesting fact, That's true. I used to always do this. Do you know that tomorrow, June 1st? Yeah. Because I, I have this devotional that I read every morning that I've been reading since 1995. It's the same devotional. I've duct taped it, and I have notes in it since <laughs> 1995. That's kind of a cool <laughs> thing, right? It. So in 1996, I wrote today, this will be tomorrow, I've been dating Jennifer for eight months, eight Eight weeks and eight days. It was 888, which he, is a big number for see, me. See, he's been counting numbers since... Tomorrow, we had been dating eight months, eight weeks, eight days. Whoa. I wrote that my thing, yeah. And here we are 25 years later. Okay, you how long... Are a gift? Yeah. Are we going to celebrate? It's anniversary. I also, in September, I wrote... <laughs> he didn't even... In September, yeah. I wrote one of the dates because I was looking at it last year, September. I was like, I think I love Jennifer Snow, your maiden name. I was like, I pray that she'll be my wife. Oh. I wrote that in 1995. So romantic, darling. Wow. 1995, I wrote that. Oh. I think I love Jennifer Snow. You still really? You were a sophomore. I ended up up asking you out later that month. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Anyways, that's totally took me to uh, okay. But here's the why melting was, pot. <laughs> yeah, here's why I was reminiscing because back when you were 16, you had a saying. We've talked about it before. I don't know if people remember. You have to you have to go to the archives. People of the who've podcast. been scarred by it have remembered. Yeah, yeah. You, you were kind of brash. You know what it is, Vic? The sound check. Go with it. Just take your top guess. A Use saying, it or lose it. Oh, use it or lose it. <laughs> That's what I used to say to Vic all the time. Uh, she never wanted to never wanted to play piano, never wanted to sing. Who's, you're talking about like your gifts and Her talents? Gift. Use it or lose it. Yeah, <laughs> this is very much along those lines. You were, man, you were a brash young lady. I was. Use it or lose it, your gifts and talents. Okay, what's another Truly one that she Holy used to Spirit say? I wonder if you can me. get it. She had these sayings that I'm just like, dude, I don't think that's how we live life. But she was just like so blunt, so like time has time has certainly smoothed you out. She used to say this when people would like come to her with issues. I'm, like, I'm just having a hard, build a bridge and get over it. Totally. And she would do like hand motions, build a bridge, and then do a little walking guy and get over it. I did it. not. Put a rubber around and snap out of it. <laughs> no, I never, never. Make like a tree and leaf. <laughs> what? That's not even 
just saying. <laughs> yeah, it is. I just, I just made make it up. Like a tree and leaf. And like, leaf. Like it's leaf. like make like a tree and leaf. <laughs> That's the first time. Make, heard. Maybe it's leave. Make like a tree and leave. <laughs> there you go. Leaf is in that it. might. Um, what babe, was a you were big you were rubber band and it would snap out of it. You were notorious for all these sayings. I know it's and, terrible. I'm sorry but, for anyone who's listening that still loves me. Thank you. Thanks for forgiving me and loving me <laughs> through the worst times. You were like a drill sergeant I who was. had no experience in the like, military or any of that. I was just like, go, like, don't waste your life. Yeah, yeah. From and, the and day the, one, in a lot of ways, baby, it was very sexy. Oh, thank you, baby. And, I, and, and time has smoothed your edges very well. Oh, thank you, love. So many smooth like, edges. <laughs> <laughs> little red, little red's back. She, she goes back to the studio and her Ew. contribution is, Ew. All right. You used to say build a bridge and get over it. Mm-hmm. Now, as as harsh as I feel that is and has not personally like consider it. It doesn't go over well when, you're, when people are dealing with If we are talking life. about the unnecessary weight of regret and worry, I would like to take your phrase from your teen years, which was harsh, and apply it to this. How can we build a bridge and how can we get over it when Mm. it comes to regret and worry? And I'm talking about the unnecessary weight because we're going to establish that there is a necessary weight to regret and there is a place and a space for worry. And so I think that should be freeing for people who live in regret right now and people who have a tendency to worry. There's a space for you. And there's a necessity, but let's eliminate all the unnecessary elements of those two things. So I want to kind of take these two questions and you can help with this because you came up with the phrase, how do we build a bridge when it comes to those two things and how do we get over it? Because I will say this, just because there's a bridge doesn't mean you've crossed it. In life, metaphorically speaking, totally anthropomorphically talking, just because there's a bridge, just because there's a way. To get through it, to get get over it, to get around it, to deal with it, doesn't mean we've done it. You actually have to, like, you're going to have to cross that bridge. And I'm thinking about the painting we have hanging in uh, one of the rooms around here. Or no, it's at the shop now. It's that bridge that's made out of wood, and it's a rope, rib, you know, rope, rope, wood bridge, and it's leading into like a foggy, like, forest. Very detrimental. And it's, it's, I love it because it's like going into the unknown, and there's a danger. And this is the kind of bridge I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like going across like I 90, 520, where it's like five lanes of highway and these bridges have been constructed over 10 years and architects and there's concrete and there's no way. I'm talking about like those bridges where it's like wobbly, it's shaky, it's uncertain. Sometimes we have the I 90 uh, interstate bridges that are so secure. And then sometimes you have this bridge, you're like, I don't know. So, how do we build a bridge? And then how do we actually? Get over it. Okay, when it comes to regret, let's start there, okay? The unnecessary weight of regret. Um, first of all, to eliminate the unnecessary weight of regret, let's identify what the necessary weight of regret is. Can I say this? One area where regret, which I hate the word, but there's one area where I feel like regret, there's a couple, but one first that I feel like regret is necessary is when you hurt people or wrong them. Mm-hmm. You hurt people, you wrong people, and now you feel regret. Can I just say, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Right. Now, I do not think it's a good thing to live perpetually in that regret. Mm -hmm. But the reason you feel regret when you hurt someone or wrong them, I'm just going to, maybe this sounds so simple, but some of you need to hear this, is because it was wrong. Totally. You should actually regret that. Hurting people and wronging people, it's wrong. And so you're like, okay, so I feel regret over that. How, How do I build a bridge and get over it? Here's what you do you deal with that. When you feel that regret, 
Don't live in the regret. Deal with it. That means you have to go and confront Mm -hmm. what it was that is making you feel regret. I think regret in that space is a tool. You're like, dude, I just feel regret. And you're like, oh, you just need to let it go. You need to be free. No, no, no. You actually probably, when it comes to when you've hurt someone or wronged them, you need to confront it. So can I just say, as basic as it gets, how do I build the bridge and get over it? I'm going to get one word. You know what it is? One word. Apologize. Totally. Apologize. Okay, Jen. I'm going to give you two words. What? Own it. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. And we've done the own it thing before. But here's how I'm being more practical. Good, Vic. I'm getting more specific. <laughs> Jen, that's good, Vic. You're so encouraging. <laughs> Vic, good. that's, yes. That's real. Okay, but can we be more specific? How am I going to own it? Regret that I've hurt people and wronged people. Apologize. I need to apologize. Yeah. Jen, why is it, and in all your wisdom right now, why is it well, so hard I, I for humans? I don't know if I have all the wisdom. Pretend. Why is Pretend. it? Pretend. <laughs> in other words, I need you to say something. Why is it? so difficult for us as humans to apologize, even when we're wrong. Well, you know why you're talking about this? I'm thinking we've all hurt people and felt that deep sensation Everyone. of regret. Mm-hmm. And to the point where sometimes you don't sleep through the night, it rehearses over your mind, you feel regret, you feel regret. But you know, this is what I've noticed about that feeling. If you continue to linger days, months, maybe even years, it gets less and less. The regret feels less intense it, and then it kind of gets lost in time. Mm-hmm. And then you might intersect with the person you hurt years later, and they st- they're still dealing with pain. And then it's confronted. Like maybe you walk and you you kind of been like, what's the big deal? Uh-huh. I, I would say, I'm while you're talking, it's crazy. I've done this to people where I should have in, in the days or weeks, maybe I've hurt someone or done something. It's like I needed to do it immediately or as mm-hmm. fast as I could. You know, uh, but over time, I, I'm thinking, how many people have I maybe hurt and had had lived that space so it let it go so long that I never never apologize? Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's human nature. I think how many people in your life, Billy, that you've said, man, I probably should have went back and apologized, but I just didn't have the humility to do it. And yet some of the most profound point, yet some of the most healing moments that we'll hear in life and in counseling is like like when, even if it's been years years. and years and years, you go back to the person and you apologize. I've had, Mm -hmm. I've had one counselor told me like people have died and they, and what she's counseled them to do is like, they can't actually go to them personally. Like, Hey, I'm sorry. They can't do it. And so she's had them write letters to them. Like just, Mm because here's what I think apology, apologizing does when we, when we feel regret because we've hurt or wronged people. Here's what apologizing does. It puts a period on it as opposed to a dot, dot, dot. What is that called grammatically, Vic? The dot, 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 the three dots. But if I don't apologize, when I feel regret and I don't apologize, there's a dot, dot, dot. It lingers. Yeah. There's more to be continued. It it lingers and all of a sudden I'm living in this space of the three dot, dot, dots. Whereas apology, when I'm like, hey, you know, maybe you've forgotten. I'm feeling this regret. I owe you an apology. I'm sorry. It period. It puts a period on a moment, yeah. and, you, and then and then I'm no longer stuck in regret. I can now move on. What is it called? Did you find ellipsis. it? An ellipsis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Brilliant. Yeah, Vic's the best. Vic the sound check doing her job. Hey, you know. And in the same way, I just think I've had moments in my life where people have come and, and they've said, "Hey, you've hurt me." And this was years ago. I honestly don't remember. I don't remember what I said or did or how, how it came out. Yeah. And I, at that point, I, I, I just think for me personally, I've just been like, you know what? I am so sorry. Totally. Like, 
I don't know how I said it or what I said. And that falls in the category of owning it. And and even if you as a human can't wrap, can't even, re, and, and even maybe they're just like, it was it was on them. Maybe they just were overly sensitive. Maybe it was something they totally. were dealing with. It's like, it's like it, it completely heals whatever has happened. And, and moving forward is just an amazing thing. That happened to me just recently. And I sent a text. I heard through someone else that I had hurt somebody by something I did. And I had no recollection of it at all. Mm-hmm. But I just sent a text. And it, and for me, I just felt so much better even. Like even if she's carrying that, all the, I would hate for her to even carry that without me knowing. And now I know I got to do something about it. Right. And that's that's like you owning it because you didn't, you didn't actually feel regret of it because you didn't even know of it. You were ignorant to the fact that it hurt someone. Once you were made aware, you're like, oh, let me make that right. I think regret is there's a reason for regret. It's actually a tool to be like, hey, deal with that. Apologize. Mm-hmm. But then once you've done it, you have to move on from it. So, so many people will apologize, but then they, they still feel bad because what you did hurt someone or you, you were wrong because that's part of life. And that's why regret jumps in. But I'm saying put a period on it. And now anything after that yeah. is the unnecessary weight of regret. It, it's over. Like it, it's done. Now you have to move on. You you've handled it. Don't wallow in it. And I think sometimes we do that like out of self. It's like self-inflicted penance, right? Okay, we were watching um, a new documentary that's out, and I can't. It's on like um, and we were watching Billy the Kid. Wanted oh, yeah, Billy yeah. the Kid, and man, I really really like it. I'm a fan of Billy the Kid, like his story. And so, but there was one moment where his mom, remember, she had married a very abusive, unfaithful man. He was abusive and he was not faithful to her. And at one point, she knows it. She knows it. And so they're having this conversation, Billy the Kid and his mom. And this guy has like hit her and he's completely unfaithful. He's a horrible, horrible human. And this is a fictional account of kind of Billy the Kid's life. And he says to his mom, you can leave. And she says, I can't. It would be, I'm a woman of faith and I believe in the church and I cannot leave my husband. And he looked at her and he's like, Yes, you can. And I remember thinking, like, as I'm thinking through this, like, she has enforced on herself self-inflicted penance. She made a mistake. Of marrying this She married the wrong guy who abused her children and abused her and was unfaithful. He was a horrible man. And she was now self-inflicting her own penance because of regret. Mm. And Billy the Kid in this little documentary, this little fictional thing, was right in being like, you actually don't have to, that's not, you don't have to stay with him. Because you made a mistake. Deal with it, end it, and, and don't then keep move, making move on in yeah, your life. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what we do. I think sometimes we kind of like we inflict this. You know, dealing with regret doesn't mean fixing it. I can't just be, but apologizing, right. be like, hey, that's all I can do. I can't actually fix all the wrongs. And I've why done. is it? It's so hard sometimes to apologize. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, even even like the, we were talking this morning about, you know, when you have little kids and, and they hurt their, their brother or sister and you're like, Johnny, Judah, Caleb, <laughs> apologize to your brother. Mm-mm. Yeah. Like well, because first of all, it's hard to take responsibility for what you've done. Even little kids who have no, yeah, yeah. they don't have, they don't even yeah. understand the word regret. No one told them that. They don't, they don't even understand what they're feeling, but they can't even, they can't even, they're like, no. Like, it's instantly. ingrained in us. Yeah. What do you say? They know what they're supposed to say. I'm sorry, but they won't. Mm, right? Like it's like who told that kid that? It's ingrained in us. So it does take a lot of courage and self-will to be like, you know what? I was wrong. I, I'm sorry. First of all, it's one thing to own it, like Vic said, own it. But then it's another step for me 
to be like, I was wrong. And then it's But so- then it's like, okay, so now that you're wrong, where are we at? And but then it's-, it's it's another level to be like, and? Because I've ever seen those conversations where like, I was wrong. And then the person goes, mm-hmm. and? And? I, I, I shouldn't have done it. And? And you're like, and I'm sorry. And like think, that's the that's the period. On I think it. most of us have seen also the little kids when mom's like, "Can you say you're sorry?" And instantly they're like, "I'm so sorry," and they put their hands around the little you know girl that they hurt. I get. I've seen that, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, your heart melts because the, the child is just instantly I'm like, sorry. I'm so sorry." And they <laughs> hug, you know. And dude, can I be honest? Genuine repentance is very easy to kind of be like. Oh, like it just covers yeah. so much. Like I've had people that have, I've had people that, yeah, this, it is very disarming. Good call, Vic. I've had people that have like genuinely harmed me, hurt me, betrayed me, mm-hmm. um, offended me. And they'll come and there's a genuine like, hey, dude, I am like really sorry. I messed up. I'm and sorry. as mad as I've been, and I might still, it might not, it doesn't fix all things. Like, like I'm saying, we're not saying fix it. Just go back and deal with it. And there's a part of me, and I've experienced this first time where I'm like, Okay, man. Like, all right, totally. you know, and it's like it just kind of totally. disarms you. It's like, all right, okay. And what we can do now is the unnecessary weight of regret. We can get out of that. Mm-hmm. There's a necessary weight. Deal with that, and then the unnecessary weight. Just let it go now. Okay. The truth is, sometimes past pain still hurt, and sure. And it's like I think we all have to really go and and deal with just our own heart. And our well, own you're soul. talking about pain and hurt. I'm talking about regret. I'm, yeah, call, I'm talking about, yeah, there's two different things. Dealing with like your past pain, things have been done to you. That's another conversation. We probably had that. I'm talking about my regrets mm-hmm. specifically. Okay, now let's move on to worry. So we we have to eliminate the unnecessary weight of regret and worry. And worry, in our definition, our working definition, is the fear of what will be. Um, We live, and we've said this enough, and I, wanna, I don't want to belabor it, but we've said this a ton on the podcast. Everyone knows it. We live in a society, in a world, in the last two, three years where I have never, ever, 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 ever seen more opportunity to worry and be afraid of mm-hmm. what could be. Absolutely. Never in my Absolutely. life. And I'm only 45 years old. I wish we could, maybe we should bring someone on to this podcast at 70 and say, have you ever in your 70 years, been in a season in this in, in, in life where there was more opportunity and reason to worry. And it's the fear of what will be. Not actually what is, not actually what is, but what could be and potentially will be. It's, it's, it's unfounded. Yeah. And so that is how do we eliminate the unnecessary weight of worry? So first, let me say this. There is a space for worry. There's a space for it. So everyone who's given to worry, Vic, are you? Would you say you're a worrier? Yeah. yeah. I don't think. I think you've. I've. Le- I think you've learned to manage it. I used to be a worrier. I've really, really learned to manage mm-hmm. it. Jen, you're not a worrier. You don't. It, it's. It doesn't register with you, really, do you? Well, you very that, rarely worry. The yeah, the possibility of things not going well or being bad, I, it registers with me. I feel like. Any moments you have of worrying is probably my bad influence on you as your husband over the years where I, I would tend to like worry and you would tend to jump into that. And then you're like, I don't like this. Like, well, it's very, always, it's, un, it's I think unnatural you're, I think you. you're about to get to it. But for me, in my mind, there's always another way. So if something doesn't work yeah. out, I always know I'll, we'll figure it out. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll come up with build a bridge and get over it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, like I'll build build something. We'll figure it out. Okay, like, so here's how we build a bridge and get over it with worry. What is the space? Here's the, here's the million dollar question for the podcast today. Where's the space I can worry? I'm gonna give you your space. Here it is for all the worry warts out there. You have to eliminate the unnecessary weight of worry. We're gonna talk about that, but here's your space. 
24 hours. 24 hours. In the current 24 hours, that is your space for worry. Worry about what is happening in the next 24 hours. Don't go any further beyond that. Okay, there is an ancient book of wisdom, a.k.a. the Bible. So you're saying live in the day, today. Today. Here, I'm going to read you words from an ancient book of wisdom. Let me read it to you. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Deal with each challenge that comes one day at a time. Okay, this is going to set people free. Don't get me preaching. And the truth shall set you free. Here's where your worry space can live. One day, a 24-hour period. I'm, not, I'm, I'm done worrying about what's going to happen three days from now, three weeks from now, three months from now, three years from now, three decades from now. Oh, man, the stock market will crash and I won't have retirement. I'm done. Totally, I'm going totally. to reserve my worry, the fear of what will be, for just the next 24 hours. So, and because here's what it is. I can actually handle the human psyche. We can handle, I can handle today. Like the troubles that come today, the obstacles that come today, the challenges that come today. I can handle that. You, and you're like, it's hard. It could be very, very hard. And each day has trouble of its own. Some days, just a breeze in the park. Yesterday, my biggest worry was like, I hope I don't overcook the steak. I mean, it was awesome. But then you give me two weeks from now. It's like, yo, you have to move. Yo, your job might be ending. Yo, the stock market crashed. Yo, the war is breaking out. Like each day has worry for itself. Deal with your worry in a 24-hour period and then stop it. Anything beyond that, the fear of what could be, hasn't happened, but might happen, if it ever does happen, that is unnecessary weight. I, I can hear all the people who struggle with worry say, but I'll just worry, worry, worry today. And then I'm going to go worry, worry, worry tomorrow. And I'm going to worry, worry, worry the next day. It's like they just kind of go from day to day to day. And it's worry, worry, worry. But if worry. you just focus on today. Yeah. So they're like, am I worrying every day? Because you're saying just focus on what you need to do today versus worrying about everything you need to do. And tomorrow. not every day necessitates worry. Yes. There's not fearful things every day that necessitate worry. And here's what I'm saying. So how do we build a bridge and get over it? First of all, the getting over part is like give yourself, it's a 24-hour period. Stop worrying about what you can't control a week from now. Totally. Stop worrying about if, if we're going to go back into lockdown. Stop worrying about if things are going to spread again. Stop worrying about if the war is going to jump overseas. Stop worrying about like what if, stop worrying about what the stock market is going to Stop worrying about like, oh my, my God. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, and here's how we build the bridge. So for all the people like, then what do I do? It's simple for me. Make a plan. I'm sorry. Make a plan. Come up with a plan. And, and if I, you're like me, that, come up with thing. multiple contingencies. That's, that honestly There's nothing is, wrong with that. In so many ways can remedy so much worry because maybe, maybe we're struggling with worry so much because of a lack of a plan for our mm-hmm. own life. For instance. For our own day-to-day schedule. How are we going to pay the rent at the end of the month? Okay, I got an idea. Let's make a plan. Let's sit down. You and I do this all the time. I'm going to make a budget. And I come up with contingencies. And if you're wired like me, Vic the Sound Chick, we are the same in this way. Like, I'm like, but what if this happened? Cool. Contingency number one. Well, what if what if that didn't happen? Contingency number two. Yeah. And well, what if? It well, what, settles what, the worry. Contingency number three. Yeah. I could have a plan with 16 different contingencies. And then I'm done. And there's the plan. And then I do this. Here's what you do. Put it on the shelf and bring it back out. When, when something Or even wrong. if... It actually and I, happens. And I think that's a, a If it never plan. happens, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Like, I, I got a plan. I have a contingency. And you know what? 
if it actually unfolds the way I think it potentially could, I don't know, then I will implement the plan and make adjustments to the plan and go with contingency number 17. And I have a plan, put it away. And now just live in the day. Yeah. And I think live that's today. such a, that appeases the worry, you know, what's that old saying? The worry wart. <laughs> it appeases it because I think if you continue to have a contingency plan, a contingency plan, the worry, the person who tends to worry, I mean, I've, I've worried. I mean, we've all worried. It's like it fades, it fades, it lessens, it lessens. And so you're untraining and retraining your it's brain. It's an unnecessary weight. Okay. Totally. I want you to turn the mic to Vic because Vic, I'm saying this and you are a professional. You've managed worry. How, me talking about the plan and contingencies and all this, like legitimately, because I'm trying to watch your face how does it make you feel speak speak for the people like how are you feeling when i'm saying that are you like and lean towards the mic are you like <laughs> yeah are you like because you were leaning way forward you know i'm Vic the sound chick right? yeah 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 Vic the sound chick she, she knows do all your job yeah. but like how does that make you feel are you like uh are you like no this is great like is it encouraging to you you're like uh be honest honest moment like, right now that's good good but not shoot us straight no it's good i think it's actually really good to try it sounds difficult to me. That's what I'm saying. Is it even possible? Yeah, so it yeah. sounds difficult to Why? say just for 24 hours. It's impossible for me to think only about 24 hours. But could you make a plan for the rest of the week? A plan? Can you make plans for things that you worry about? Yes. And can you set them aside? Exactly. What's hard for you is it to set like those. a lot of work. For you to set that aside. But imagine the freedom you would have and the weight you would have, the weight yeah. that would be released well, if you, you could do let, that. Let me just let me just ask this question. And he, he talks so fast sometimes I can't get in there. Um, I... How, how, how to get in there, girl, <laughs> get up in it. How, how do you, how do you, I mean, you're, you're kind of, I feel like you're not worrying half as much as you used to. Oh, how no. do you deal with it? What is your remedy? I'm, I plan. Like I have yeah. so many lists on my phone of things I have to do. So it get it out of my head. Yeah. So cool. you're doing that. Yeah. I guess you've so. actually put a space in your worry. So you worry less than you do. So I'm not totally. saying you've, a, so maybe it's unrealistic to eliminate worry completely. But what we're saying is like, Eliminate the unnecessary weight. There is a weight to worrying. And I'm not I'm not taking away from that. There are certain weeks where I'm like, dude, I'm really thinking about this. I'm having to do a lot of work to plan. And there's other weeks where I'm like, no worries, man. Not a care in the world. Like no planning necessary. We're good. Well, and, and, Life. and you would say you're a recovering worry, worry or worry or wart. I mean, like <laughs> <laughs> I actually would not say that. I would not say what you're you just recovering said. You're a recovering worry wart. <laughs> Um, worryaholic. I'm a covering worryaholic. But how do you, I mean, babe, you, you're speaking out of total experience. You're not speaking out of some, and that people need to know that. I don't know if people really know that about you, that you would have leaned towards a lot of worry. I was on my way to an ulcer. True story. Yeah. The doctor told my parents, like, your son is going to Even get an you ulcer young. if he does not stop worrying. I worried, worried, worried. I, I think worry for me, if I'm going to use the, the necessary space and weight of it, it has helped me to generate plans. And so I come up with plans. I'm like, you know what? If this happens, this will be, and I may not fully work on the plan. I was like, here's where we'll start. Vic and I do this when we work together a lot. And I'm like, hey, Vic, so if this happens, this is kind of what we'll do. And she's like, okay, cool, cool. And then then I've learned the skill of put it away. Literally mm. like proverbial shelf. Yeah. Put it on the shelf. Compartmentalize. And if that plan ever even, if that if that fear or that issue or that obstacle ever even actually presents itself, many times it doesn't present itself. And, and it's like, I didn't waste time on it and it's over. I don't even have to think about it. If it presents itself, go back to that proverbial shelf, pull it off and like, okay, let's look at this plan again. And then maybe we perfect the plan. We tweak the plan, but it's not like I'm just caught off guard and I had no idea. It's like, no, we had an idea. Yeah. Yeah. We had you an do idea. It so well. I mean, I, I, do, I certainly think about like, if we go back in pandemic stages. 
Well, you know what? You guess what's on my proverbial shelf? We have a generator in the back. We're on septic and sewage. Um, we're self-sustained. Um, like I literally, I have a proverbial plan that I've put on the shelf, and I'm like, you know what? My we'll handle it. My sisters have a bunker of food. Yeah, 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 yeah. My sisters are collecting food. <laughs> yeah. I, I also think because you you've come from that, which I think I don't even think least listeners would know that. So you're not speaking out of some kind of you're speaking speaking out of your experience, but because you've learned to overcome that, that's why you're so good at what you do today. I feel like your ability to strategize, plan, it, you've turned all that energy into into the right direction, yeah. and it's been it's been huge. It's helped me for sure. It's and thank massive. you for saying that, but I, I don't want to discourage people like I don't have ability to plan and strategize. It's not even that. It's here's here's what has been the hardest for me. It's not the planning and strategizing. The planning has been the ability and the intentionality to put it on the shelf. Yeah. To be like, okay, done. Get it out of your head. Done. Now let's deal with the 24 hours in front of me. Okay, and if 24 hours is too short for you, call it 48. You understand what I'm saying? But like give yourself, like just deal with what you what is right in front of you. I make plans for a lot of things. And it doesn't mean I live in a tunnel and I just live for the moment. But I certainly don't totally. carry this unnecessary weight of worry, yeah. right? Like, And I just think it'll help us live life. Here's the thing. Here's a question I have to ask myself on the regular, and this is how we'll end this podcast. Are you living at peace or are you allowing turmoil and fear to rob your peace? Turmoil is regret of what was. Fear is the worry of what will be. You, you could so actually good. be at such peace, even in the midst of whatever you're going through. If you could just, if we could learn to get better at, like, hey, I'm going to eliminate unnecessary weight. I'm not saying regret has weight and, it, and there's some aspects to it that are necessary. And worry has weight and there's some things about it that are good. Like, I'm going to deal with that. I have mm-hmm. to deal with that today. I have personally stopped looking at everything on social media. You know this. And I do this pretty regularly, but I'm still on social media, but I only look at the family. And I only I only respond to people who I know, like in my DMs, and I only post. But I don't I don't look at anything. I have I have enough discipline right now in life. Like I don't look at anyone's accounts other than family. Nothing, nothing. So if you're out there and you've like you've said stuff, and you're like, I wonder what Billy hasn't liked. I wonder why Billy hasn't. I'm not looking at it. And here's why: I've realized like I can only handle so much knowing of what's going on in life. Here's what I can handle. And just to be honest, here's what you can handle as humans. I can handle what I hear from people in my world. Hear about like? Did you hear? Oh man, for people in my world, <clears throat> I can handle what I see with my own two eyes. Like I'm, oh man, did you, I saw I was at this place. I can handle what I experienced because I'm in the room. Yeah, I can handle that. No matter how tough it gets, I can handle that. What I can't handle is hearing and seeing and knowing about everything that I have nothing to do with. I'm not in the room. I'm not in the conversation, but I hear about it and see it all. And it, at certain points, mm-hmm. I kind of hit overload in my mind, and I'm like, I can't handle this and that's where i'm like i'm eliminating it i'm all i'm going to deal with Mm -hmm. this is my proverbial i keep using the word proverbial my proverbial 24 hours today it's here's it's what i see it's what i hear it's what i deal with right now and if it's if i don't know about it then i don't know about it and i'm not going to let it flood my brain it's been i've been doing this for two weeks i feel i can honestly say i feel way more at peace than I have in the past. And season, sometimes I'm good and social media doesn't affect me and then other times it does. And these last few months, it's just inundated me. And I'm like, that's it, man. And I have been so at, so much more at peace in like my soul, so my mind real, and thoughts so and even personality. It's just like, okay, I can deal with what I have to deal with. So That's really good. Yeah, well... Cheers to another episode of podcast. We're at 198. I'm excited. I don't know what we're going to do for the 200th episode, but we got to do something cool. <laughs> yeah, we should figure it out. Maybe we'll do an interview. Oh, I love it. All right. Yes. Okay. I'll do it. Okay, Vic. We'll interview you. Thanks for listening.
Thanks for joining us today on Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Hey, if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and we'd love to hear from you. You can leave a review, rate us or follow us on social media at It's Billy Huffman. Here's to more coffee and honest conversations. Cheers.